Happy New Year. Whoa. Now, I'm, my mic is hot right now, yes. Hey, this Christmas, one of the things we learned in our house is that the gifts that make the greatest impact aren't always in the biggest boxes. I don't know, kids, if y'all noticed that. Uh, when we went to see Extended Family this last week, Rebecca's sister, a Gigi is what we call her, Aunt Jennifer is a Gigi. A Gigi gave our eight-year-old, Ellie, four presents. Three of them were in really big boxes. And when we showed up at Grandma's house and we saw those big boxes, we thought, that's awesome. And I'll just say we, to include me. That's awesome. That's awesome. We opened that first box, big box, and guess what was in the first big box? Socks. Socks. We opened the second big box. Kids, guess what was in the second big box? Not underwear, close. Socks. We, oh, we, oh, so apparently, apparently, a Gigi had asked, what do you want for Christmas? And Ellie had told her warm socks. Third big box, guess what was in the third big box? Okay, yeah, socks. Now there was another box. There was another box under the tree. Open that box. In that box was a blanket. But that wasn't just any kind of blanket, was it, Ellie? No, it was a special blanket that had a power button. You could turn it on and it would warm up your whole body. And we learned that the presents that make the biggest impact aren't always in the largest boxes. As the week continued and we got close to New Year, I did what many of you did, reflecting on last year and looking forward to next year and really looking at my life as you, some of you, looked at your life and asking, really, what do I need to shift? What do I need to change in order to honor God more, to be more efficient, more effective, better husband, father, pastor, all of the, and y'all did probably something similar in your own life. But here's the deal, you're busy and I'm busy and it's not like we can change everything, right? It's not like you can just choose, well, I'm not going to be a husband to father anymore and so I can do this or I'm not going to. So I, I found myself asking, okay, what, what, what small thing can I tweak or change that would make the greatest impact, right? If, 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 if we're looking at our lives right now, we're asking, okay, many do this at the beginning of the year, what goals should I set as I evaluate what, what just went on? What, what, what shifts could I make in my life even if they're not huge, a big box, maybe small, what, what, what shift could I make that would have the greatest impact? If you're doing that, I want to invite you real quick to take your Bible and turn to the book of Mark. We're going to walk as we lead up to Easter for the next 100 days through the book of Mark as a church. We're going to see in Mark, interestingly, that as Mark writes the gospel, next week we'll do more of an introduction to the book. 
that Mark is going to focus on Jesus and the disciples living in response to Jesus. There's this big focus on discipleship, but it doesn't contain a whole lot of Jesus' teaching. There's some of Jesus' teaching there. But there's really more of Jesus' action. Like Mark is all focused on action. Immediately Jesus did this, immediately he did this, and his disciples immediately in response would do this or that. There's a lot of action, and, and as I've read through the book of Mark, actually prepping for this, uh, there's been this kind of wake-up call for me, realizing Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, Jesus is the way. He's the only way to heaven. I love how Justin already today has helped posture us in the fact that there's nothing we can ever do to earn God's favor, right? Jesus is the only way that we get to him. Jesus is also the truth. He taught the truth. He came from heaven. This is what we talked about if you were with us for the Christmas service online, right? Jesus said, I came to bear witness to the truth. His teaching was the truth. But he was also the life. God in the flesh, showing us how to live the abundant life. And Mark is going to focus a lot on his life. And so as I was reading through Jesus and his life, asking the question, what do I need to tweak in my life? What's what's a small thing that would have a great impact? I read what happens in verse 35 of Mark chapter 1. Now, before I read it to you, I don't think it's going to be new for you if you grew up in the church, what we're going to read. I think what I'm going to encourage you to do in in a short amount of time as we lead into this prayer service is not going to be like this revolutionary idea that you have never heard of before. What what I want to do is is maybe show you again what Jesus did, and if if you're really a disciple, try if he's not just the way or the truth teaching, but his life. If if Jesus in the flesh was living in a way that the abundant life if, if was exemplified to us, what would it look like for us to follow in his example? Now, just one one more note before I read. Right, Jesus is going to be in the morning, an early morning in Jesus's life. The day before that was extremely busy. If, if 2022 was crazy for you and 2023 looks not like that's going to change, very, very busy. Like it was, he, 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 it was a Sabbath in Jesus' life. He, he preached. He, he casts out demons. Uh, he goes to Peter's house, which Peter, we think, is the one who told Mark all these stories. And he heals Peter's mom and then the city shows up outside his house, and after dark, it's almost like it was a New Year's party, I guess, because they all came over, and, in, and he's healing everyone after dark in the city, in Peter's house. So crazy, busy, busy, busy season in Jesus' life. There's something that he does, and it may look small to you, but I think, I think this small thing in Jesus' life would have a big impact for you and I if we would follow his example. Staying with me, I'm going to read one verse. Verse 35. And rising very early in the morning. How many of you want to check out already? And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he, what? 
prayed. Pray with me. If you're able to kneel, we want to invite you to that. If, if you can't really kneel comfortably, sit down. We don't want it to be a distraction for you. Father, I know that the lives in this room, the students, the parents, uh, the lives in this room are full of stuff. And God, I I pray that we would see this morning in a few minutes what what Jesus did in his own life, a discipline in his own life, and we'd learn from it. Maybe it's not something new for us to see that this is something he did. But give us eyes, open our eyes to to in a unique, maybe, uh, maybe something in it we could see today new. As, as I even preach it, God, if there's something that, that you wanted us to hear or see today that I didn't see in my prep, that you haven't shown me already, make it evident. If there's something you want to take out, take it out. Help me, Holy Spirit, to help your people and to help me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If the greatest things aren't always in the biggest packages, what's a small little tweak as we enter this year? Again, maybe not new for you, but here's what I want you to see Jesus did and invite you to do is to prioritize your prayer time. Not legalistically, in my life at one point, I tried to do this out of legalism. I tried to do it to earn God's favor. Did Jesus need to earn God's favor? No. He did not need to earn God's favor. This was not a legalistic action for him. But he prioritized his prayer time. And if we're going to be disciples following his example, what would it look like for us to prioritize our prayer time? I want to use words. I want to use words that were first shown to me through this book, Purpose Driven Life, that we're going to see in the text. The first thing that I want to invite you to do, what Jesus did, is to set a time. A time when you are most directable. To set a time for you to pray. For you. Now, we're going to do this corporately, but what we thought to, as we kick off this new year, we focus on prayer. What would it look like to encourage you to pray? Look, look at Jesus. It says, in rising, notice how it emphasizes the time twice. Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, as if very early in the morning wasn't definition enough. Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went to pray. Any of y'all ever study like these ancient stories of like the John Wesleys, I guess some of you may not think this is ancient, or Charles Spurgeon, and you'd hear how they wake up at 4 a.m. and they pray. You're like, man, they must be like super religious. I used to think they were like super religious until I read that before, for Thomas Edison and the light bulb, people slept 11 hours a night. And then I realized they'd already been asleep for nine hours. What else are you going to do when you're waking up and you're just there, right? I think sometimes we may over-spiritualize, but what they did do is they prioritized in their life prayer. I think we get blown away by that 4 a.m. and we realize that that 4 a.m. actually may be more equivalent to our 6.30. I don't know. But it's what they did first in their life. They, pri- they're, they're, they, prioritized, they prioritized their time in prayer. Uh, what little tweak in your life 
Maybe there's just one of these things that you can see in Jesus. Stephen Covey, who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, he says we achieve inner peace when our schedule is aligned with our values. Jesus said it this way, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things, right, will be added unto you. Paul Paul said it this way, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of your what? Time, time. Here's what I want to invite you to think about. What would it look like for you to schedule time to pray? Uh, For me, I had a guy, a mentor, a discipler that actually encouraged me to, to calendar weekly and it really was helpful for me. You can't get everything done in a day, but you can calendar what is a priority for you in your week. And, and I wouldn't, Jesus, he did it early. David did it early. When are you most directable? When is your life really going to hear you alert, respond, and it change the direction of where you're going? Rising very early in the morning, first thing he did, time. Second thing I want to point out is the place, place where you're least distracted. Rising very morning, where it was still dark, it says, he went in beside his disciples and he sat there. No, is that what he said? No. He departed and he went out, again, emphasizing this multiple times to a desert, deserted that, that word there itself includes the word place, but in the original language it's emphasized twice. It's an isolated place, place that he goes. to a solid, It's emphasizing that he went to a place, your translation might say, that was lonely, solitary, isolated, desolate. He went away from the distractions so that he could pray. Uh, Luke chapter 5 says that Jesus did this often. He would often withdraw to get away from the distractions to an isolated place to pray. Y'all know we live in a very distracted culture right now. It is really hard to get away from the distractions. Uh, The technology that's around us, I don't even have my phone on me right now. It's down there. It's not far away. Uh, this, this is a researcher, Linda Stone, who was researching right now what's happening in our culture, and she says we live in a continuous partial attention state because of technology. A recent study said that the average iPhone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. What would it look like for you to get to a place apart from distraction a time that you're prioritizing so that you can focus on what is really the most life-giving thing there is, your relationship with God. I, I don't know, for some of you, you do, and I've done uh, quiet times on my phone before. Is that bad? No, but I've learned I have to put my phone on airplane mode in order to not end up checking fantasy football or social media or whatever. That, that I, I've, I've, got, I've got to get away from the distraction as a parent as a parent, I've learned that sometimes it means I need to go in a different room. Sometimes it means that I need to beat my kids up in the morning so that I cannot be distracted. What does that look like for you? What? What did I say wrong? Uh, do I need to cut? I missed it. What, what did I? I don't Oh, that's okay. Yes. I need to. 
be awake before my children. Yes, okay, not, thank you. I don't need to beat my kids up in the morning. That's, I need to wake up before my children. Yes. Ellie, you have heard nothing that I have said this morning. Yes. All right. Time, a place, and then finally, here we go, finally, plan. Plan. Look what, look what Jesus did. He, he went there on purpose to do something. What was he going to do? To pray. And he prayed in such a way that it wasn't just he was talking to God. He was, I, I think we read in the text here, he was in his time talking with God, hearing from God in such a way that God was directing his life in fact, redirecting in some levels what he was doing. Look, well, look what happens in the next few verses. Verse 36, And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us, what, go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came. In his time with God, God called him out of the town that he was healing people in, that he was preaching in, called him out of that town to go to somewhere else. His meeting with God was redirecting his life. You know, I don't, I don't know what this looks like for you, but radical life change for me, and if you've been in our church a while, you've heard me talk about it, but I had a guy who discipled me that radically changed the way that I was spending my prayer time. When he helped me in my prayer time, to not just say, God, I, I wanna, I'm gonna pray for that person and that person and that person, he said, do that, keep doing that. And not just open the Bible and say, I know I'm supposed to read this, and I'm going to read this and then say, okay, well, I know I should love people better. Man, I'm not a very good person. Okay, God, and then be done. But instead, listen in such a way that if this is your rabbi and you're living in response to him as the discipler of your life, what is it going to do? To, how are you going to move from your prayer just being a, 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 a moment that you just have with God to know, God, I want you to direct my life right now. What do you want me to do today to obey you? And so in that process, he invited a journal into my life where I would sit down and I would write out scripture as I was reading and praying, talking. It was all a prayerful process. God, what are you saying to me? How do you want me to obey? Who do you want me to share this with? And, and this is a way, not the way. It's a way that we've encouraged people in our church. But we've invited, we are inviting you as you start off 2023 to do a Bible reading plan with us. And so I'm gonna put this on the screen here. Not because you have to do this one to follow God. If you have another one, great. Uh, that there, was, there was a man who was a famous evangelist who at one point after his, uh, his evangelism conference he had met and he had preached the gospel, there was a guy that approached him and he said, I don't like the way that you share Christ. It feels like kind of forceful. And he's like, okay, I don't feel like I do it perfect. Tell me how you do it. He said, well, I don't do it. He said, well, I like my way better than your way. <laughs> so so I, I, we don't pretend to hold the monopoly on Bible reading plans or the way that you can do a Bible reading or any of that kind of stuff. But this is a way, some of you, in fact, over 200 of you already signed up for the text that comes in at 6 a.m., so silence your text. If you're not up by then, I don't know. But um, to, for the, the Bible reading plan, you can text the word Bible, and then we're doing it slower at the beginning of this year on purpose because we want to teach you and invite you, and I've recorded some videos that will also text out you if you get on that texting version of the plan, to try to coach you to not just in your prayer time to have an encounter with God, 
But in that encounter with God, to let that encounter with God redirect your life, to, to, to show you where to go like it did Jesus. What, what would it look like for you to do that? We want to invite you into that. There's also, how do you have a personal Bible study? There's, there's a guide that's on that site, firstmckinney.com forward slash Bible. You can get there online or here in the room if you want to do that. Prioritize your prayer time. Here's, here's as we're starting this year, what's, what's small, maybe a small box to you. Maybe you're already doing two of those three. What, what small shift in your life could you make that would have the greatest impact? I think it would go back to your personal time with God. Early on in COVID, some people thought, man, I bet this is super easy for, and you probably heard this in your vocation, whatever it is, you're at home now and you just get to be with family. No, it's like we were trying to recreate all that we were doing. There was so much need. We were trying to figure out, and I mean, I was overwhelmed by all the stuff that needed to get done all the time early on in COVID. And I got to this point in my own life where I was feeling anxiety. Like, you, you been those seasons where there's like hot flashes anytime like you think about what am I supposed to do next? It's like overwhelming for you. And I was, I was in one of those seasons where I was like, oh my goodness, like, God, you're working, I see you working, but I, I feel overwhelmed by what I need to do next. And part of what I was doing is reading news, and I read this article in the Dallas Morning News about this person who had chosen to walk out of their door every night and watch the sunset. And I thought, that's a small thing, but that sure seems better than anything and everything else that I'm focused my time on. I, I felt that way. But in that moment, as I was watching that picture, uh, looking at pictures, of reading the article, God hit me like, hey, Sam, you, you, don't, you don't have just the opportunity to, to rest in the creation. You have the opportunity to rest with the creator. Like, what, what would it look like for you? And so, and then I was driving to church. No one was there. Like, this, this is sunrise, Christmas, not this Christmas, or two years ago. And I remember thinking, God, I, I, I've got the greatest opportunity on the planet. I, 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 can, I can meet with you, right? I, 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 can, I can have a conversation with God, not out of legalism, but out of love, right? I don't know what you're prioritizing right now. Students, I read a, a, a stat recently that said that the average guy by the age of 21 spends over 10,000 hours playing video games. I like video games. Usually I'd take that stat and I'd read right after that, well, you know, you could read through the Bible slowly 140 times. With that. I'm like, I'd, I'd feel guilty about that. But instead of the guilt, I want you to hear the excitement in this. Like, it doesn't mean you don't play video I like video games. It doesn't mean you don't play video games. It means prioritize the not just digital, something that really doesn't change much here on earth, if anything. Prioritize the battle that has an eternal impact that God has called you into. And go have a conversation with him. Maybe you love reading romance novels. That's not bad. Well, some of them can be bad, but that's not bad. But... But what would it look like for you in your time, your prayer time, to prioritize your relationship with the king of the universe, who's the lover of your soul, and to prioritize reading his love letter first? 
What would it, students, what would it look like for you before studying for your exam that's just going to bring back this letter grade here on earth? Now, parents, you might be thinking, don't talk them out of that. <laughs> what would it look like for you to prioritize first studying for the, not, you, if you're a Christian, you're not going to get judged for your sin anymore. Jesus has already done that. But you get to appear before the bema seat of Christ. Well, he will reward everything that you've let him do in and through you. What would it look like for you to prioritize that, students? What would it look like? What would it look like in your life instead of, instead of first thing in the morning uh, trying to fix your outward appearance that is wasting away, I'm not looking at anybody specific, <laughs> to focus on your inward appearance that can be renewed day by day, right? What would it look like for you to not go to the gym where there's some value in physical training, but instead go to him where spiritual training can bring value. Ha, okay, y'all get the point. Pray with me. God, I pray that this year that you would show us how to do that. We're gonna sing right now, and then after we sing, we're gonna give the church a moment to spend personal time with you. God, I pray that, that we would make the little tweaks in our life to prioritize what really is the most satisfying, most life-giving, greatest gift that you have given us here on earth, our relationship with you. Help us, Father, to do that for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name.